I guess this is a bit where normally one of us has something to say. I have plenty to say, but we're not allowed to talk about it on a developer podcast. Did you have a did you enjoy celebrating July 4th yesterday? I did enjoy celebrating July 4th. Um, I basically because got to eat some pretty good food actually. The um mm. the company I'm working for um they uh said it's July 4th and so they arranged with a local barbecue house to just uh, about 4 p.m. yesterday afternoon when we were we could just bring in loads of barbecue pulled pork and ribs and uh, uh corn and everything and um the, they stocked the fridge with beers and uh we all just stopped at 4 o'clock and uh, celebrated um Independence Day. No idea why we celebrated Independence Day. Um, yeah, it's it's probably should go down as a, a bad day in uh, English history. But however, we will find any excuse to eat some food and drink beer. And if it's uh, having um, people tell you that uh, they don't want to be with you anymore, it's it's like celebrating the day that your wife walked out on you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's probably not that tasteful for us to do it, but we did it anyway. <laughs> Never let it be said that you Brits are, are lacking taste at any time. Well, I I did my usual thing of throwing eggs at the British consul's house. So I thought that was a fun thing to do. And and were you alone there, or is that sort of something that, oh, uh, no. that lots of you oh. go and do? No, in San Francisco we do those things. We throw eggs at the consul's house and we uh, burn American flags. You know, neither of those things are true. <laughs> uh, but I d- <laughs> I would like that to be true. It makes for a good throwaway line. You've just lost ninety percent of our audience there. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah. yeah, you probably gained some with throwing eggs at the consoles house, but uh, you maybe lost a few with burning American flags. I know that's a subject that you guys take very seriously. I know that's true. Whereas it's something yeah. we just do for Sunday afternoon for fun. Not American flags, any flag. Mm, that's good. Uh, so you've been learning aside from aside from eating pulled pork, you've been pulling your 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 brain apart trying to learn something, haven't you? Uh, no, no, no. I never do that. No, it's um. Uh, I've been thinking about learning. Um, I've what? Okay, let let me tell the story here, and then uh, and, and we'll see where where it goes. Uh, I was looking at um, possibly doing some work for a client, and uh, just in a sort of casual conversation, a they they said to me, "I'll just send us some code you're proud of," and you know, that sort of just those words it sort of stumped me in a way and it's not because i've never written code i'm I'm proud of but it's just like uh good code is good because of the context in which the code is it's you know like that that particular animation you've written is um is cool because of the the app that it sits in or that's routine that uh, was really efficiently saved a bunch of data to disk um was good because of you know the type of data it was and in in what else the app had to do at the time and so it didn't freeze and and in this whole concept of there being this this sort of routine or class or or struct or something that I was proud of just I just really struggled to to engage with it now you know there's there's plenty of code I've written that I'm I'm very happy with and and I would say yes I was proud of that um but you know I, I couldn't, you know, that, that's normally in client code. Um, and, you know, I think it's probably not appropriate for what I was being asked for and 
definitely not ethical to to send um, other potential clients complete copies of past clients' code to look at. Um, that, that probably doesn't do too well to um, get you future clients if they know that's what you're doing to your past clients. Uh, or I definitely wouldn't employ someone who did that for me anyway, uh, unless the, the client had given them express permission or something like that. Um, and it, so it just uh, gave me this 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 sort of um, stumbling block about, you know, how do you sort of you know, send someone good code? So I thought, well, you know, maybe what I would do is I, I need to, for when I'm asked this question in future, because it's, you know, it, this is quite a big job to, to have some, you know, a, a small application that uh, I've totally written myself simply for the purpose of showing uh, the way I write code, some, my understanding of certain techniques within, within whichever OS it is. Uh, this happened to be a, a, an OS 10 or Mac OS, as we should say, thing. So it could be that one, but it could equally have been a, a, an iOS application that sort of just demonstrated an understanding of the operating system, understanding the a way of techniques and the languages and the frameworks, uh, and did that simply for demonstration purposes. And, but just as I was beginning to think about that and doing it, I was thinking, um, you know, that those sort of applications would also be great for people to learn from um you know it, what if you know, someone wrote a you know not just a little bit of sample code not just um uh uh showing that you know this is how you use ns file manager or something but but you know there was a a, a smallish small enough to be usable but uh, big enough to be of of, of use applications out there that were then fully documented and maybe had articles with them or even videos with them that people could learn from so because you know often you you find you come to learn a new framework and you go to search on the web and you normally always end up in stack overflow now don't get me wrong i i i i love stack overflow it saves many of our butts on many occasions you know, I'm sure there's even occasions, you know, where in, in those emergency situations, loads of us are just, you know, even doing, you know, stack overflow cut and paste coding when we really, really need to. So, you know, it's a fantastic resource, but, you know, it's really quite hard to learn things in context from, from using it. Um, and so anyway, there, so I thought about, you know, why not uh, take a little application and, and develop it through, of course, you know, I then started writing code and, you know, whatever you know one day into writing code which is the maximum i sort of want to give to this you've got you know nothing <laughs> because writing code takes a long time and so oh well i maybe understand why people haven't done this because it's going to take a long time but maybe i'd love to do it or maybe there's stuff out there that people already know about that i don't and someone's already done it and but anyway not that i could send someone else's code for this purpose but because i've got to do something um but there we are that's that's my waffly five or six minute um answer to your have i been learning hmm so uh do you know who joel spolsky is i think i hope i didn't mispronounce his name i do of Fogbugs fame and uh, stack overflow yeah. fame and um yeah. and, and um trello fame yeah yeah so uh he came and spoke at netflix uh last week it was it was very fun you know uh this may come as a shock to you, but I'm a kind of obnoxious fellow, and there's a, a, a colleague of mine who uh, is also from the East Coast and shares my kind of in-your-face New Yorkish snarky humor. So I, I, whenever I have some problem, or whenever there's a problem with something he wrote, I kind of run down there and, and use the. Uh, I, I always kind of do something like, uh, "Hey, hey!" I can't say his name, but like, "Hey, fill in the blank. Did you enjoy your weekend burning the American flag?" Or, or and then. 
And when I have him off guard, then I, I make my complaint about whatever thing he did. But uh, when I knew that Smolsky was speaking, I said, hey, fill in the name, uh, aren't you going to come and hear him speak so you can thank him personally for all the copy and paste code you've used throughout your, your life? But his talk was, was, it was very good. I mean, and, and it was very interesting in that it, it carried on a little bit of what we were talking about last week about uh, kind of what's different for, as software developers now having grown up you know, with everything available at your fingertips on, on, the, on the web. And, uh, you know, because there are so many examples and, and yeah, I mean, everybody knows that you could solve virtually any problem just by searching and invariably you'll end up with five or six discussions about how to solve a, a very specific problem uh, on Stack Overflow. And if not there in somebody's blog post and uh, he used an example of, you know, how would you how would you duplicate? How would you, you know, copy it, do a deep copy of an object in JavaScript? And he, he, he raised that question because he was talking about efficiency and kind of what it was like to, to, to grow up writing you know, software for, for much more constrained environments uh, than exist today. And then finally, you know, he was asking people around, how would you do it? And, and everybody's kind of scratching their head a little bit. And then somebody said, yeah, you turn it into a string with, <laughs> with JSON stringify and then turn it back into the object with there. And he goes, yeah, that's how you do it. And oh my God, is it wildly inefficient? It solves the particular problem the very, very simple problem of how do you copy an object but does not at all take into case the context, as you say. And so, you know, you're right. Is, is, is I think, you know, the other thing that, that, that made me think uh, this week is that I, 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 for whatever reason, I've started reading Quora uh, a lot more often. I guess that, that their digests have really worked because they have such a depth and breadth of interesting questions, um, which I find, you know, I find it very interesting to read the answers, but there was like one thing that was like, these stupid articles that always have this odd number of like, you know, 17 odd tricks to lose belly fat. And this one was like, you know, 37 or 29 things you should concentrate on to become an excellent programmer. Insane number. But, you know, you you could have boiled it down to two or three, but it it really all comes down to a a couple of them. One is that don't be afraid to to throw away code, constantly challenge yourself by, by learning new things. And, and don't be afraid to say, I don't know. So you put those two rants together, and I think that this is something that does come a little bit with experience, is that uh, y- you have to be able to learn how to execute something in context. And uh, I think that that code that is a beautiful learning example is, is, is incredibly rare because it, it, it is so difficult to write or so time-consuming to write that 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 there's so little of it. I mean, there, there is some example that I think uh, this guy named Matteo Manfredini, uh, who I know from, from an Italian guy still living in Amsterdam, who you know, is one of the folks who put together Amsterdam, and he's been doing this series about, about the art of, of writing apps. And it, it does take a little bit of what you talk about, saying like, you know, the use of any particular API, there's no need for doing it because it exists everywhere. But the art and craft of structuring a, 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 a structuring a, you know, a, a coherent application, even if it's a simple one, but a coherent application is something that you, you, almost nobody teaches. And you either kind of learn it slowly by making tons of mistake, mistakes and hopefully having good mentors, or, you know, you know, I guess the, you know the the inference is you 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 look at his courseware, which is good, but um, yeah, that that there's my rant, but it it makes me think. It's I guess that the challenge is partly that um, when let's let's pick an let's pick core data, okay? Because mm-hmm. you know so many people want to learn core data, yeah, and yeah. and I think the um the fact that uh you know outside of 
sort of general iOS development books. Um, there are only really two specific subjects that get covered in books. Uh, uh, three, if you count the languages of Objective C or Swift, but mm. but yeah, the actual iOS or, or Mac OS X development. Um, yeah, there's only sort of two subjects that really get covered in any depth outside of those in their own books, and that's core data and core animation. I mean, I'm not saying there aren't others, but yeah, those are the books that seem to to sell well. You know, mm. sell really well. Um, you know, so you know, core data is a. It's not complicated, but it has a lot of moving parts, shall we say, to to, to work out and, and 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 to deal with. And so you look at core data samples, and you even look at you know Apple's core data code that comes in the templates if you start Xcode. Intel Xcode 8, where I believe it's changed, though I haven't looked at it yet, so I can't comment any further than that. You know, and, and you suddenly get this, you know, you, you start a new core data app in, in Xcode, and you get this whole splodge of code just thrown into your um, app delegate, I think it's thrown into, isn't it? Um, mm. yeah, which is totally an inappropriate place to put it. It goes against all good app structure principles and whatever else. But actually, you have this block of code and you can read it and you can sort of work out what it's doing. And it's the same when you're teaching someone core data that you, you put all this code into one place and, and you talk through the principles of core data with the expectation that um, you know the people learning core data have um, good general app development experience and uh, once they've learned core data they, they won't just copy your code and put it all in one place they will then begin to divide it up into a nice separation of concerns <laughs> because the you know the, the code that for accessing data via core data in, in an app structured properly around something like an mvc or mvvm or any of a, any any basically any group of three or four letters that is designed to separate things out a little bit. It doesn't really matter. Um, looks quite different and has a whole bunch of other uh, other issues. So, for example, you start having to ask yourself questions. You know, where do I get my main managed object context from? Do I keep it in a singleton? Do I have a, a, a class um, property or a class function on, on some sort of database manager class? Do I take it and do I pass it around everywhere? Because... Um, as soon as you write code that is dependent on a single class property or on a singleton, it becomes incredibly hard to unit test because it's now stuck. It's now fixed. There's this sort of global context and tests really don't work well when running in a global context. They like to run in a, a very localized context because then you can give it you know, a mock database or, a, or even a, you know, a fixed database or whatever it might be. So the whole way you handle that code changes totally. But you know, to teach someone how to use core data in in a uh, an environment where um, it's uh, uh, it, it's been structured well would actually make the the aspect of understanding core data quite complicated. Um, and so, you know, there is, I think, it's not a case that the way we learn currently is wrong. I think you know, it's that we stop too early. It's, you know, it's we should be learning core data from these little sample apps that just have all the code in the app delegate and, and just do everything. But then, you know, the next phase is to say, OK, so now we've got the principles of core data. How do we make that work in a real app? Now, of course, if you've only just been learning core data and then you now have to go into a real app, there's no context. You don't know the app. So, you know, in, in some ways, I'm guessing this is why the, 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 the sort of 
project could get enormous and, and 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 this is why maybe no one's done it and probably why i will never do it even though i'd love to and you know even though i've started trying to do it and you know it will probably stop after three minutes like most of my projects um you know you what that on, that only works if the the person learning coordinator already sort of maybe has some understanding of the of the app that they're about to put it into because they've learned going along how this app is built up so they've learned the individual frameworks and then they've learned how to integrate it into this app they've learned about mvc or mvvm They've learned about separating things off, using view controllers properly and, and accessing data properly. And, and therefore, they're now taking something they've just learned and putting it into something they've already learned as opposed to this abstract context. So, you know, that requires two things. Um, that requires someone to develop this stuff in a way that is that is good enough to achieve those purposes um, and to make it available in a way that works for people, be that free open source or prices that people are prepared to pay um and equal equally it makes uh, for the other people coming the other way they have to be prepared almost to commit themselves to an entire learning experience um and often you know we the often that's not the way we learn the way we learn is 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 you know oh, oh shit i've got to get this animation into my code how the heck can i do this oh there's a good blog post oh that's on stack overflow oh there's a core question yeah i think i've just about got enough let's put it in there now and we'll fix it in the next release <laughs> it, 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 as, as unfortunately that is more the way that we tend to learn this stuff um which mm. is maybe why this stuff isn't out there and maybe even maybe even if it was maybe if this stuff even wasn't out there other than people just beginning and trying to learn as a hobby it wouldn't get used anyway yeah, there, you know, there was a one of the samples that shipped with with the the next development environment was Draw, right? It was the complete source code, and I never learned this until much later that it, its sole existence was based on the fact that it used every every class and app kit. It was like it was totally the kitchen sinkware, and yet so many applications were built by essentially copying it. And this was before the days of of cloning repositories. They were just like you know copy the 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 the, the the folder and then start from there and and probably you know a, 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 a small number of even successful apps were built from it and i think that it, 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 while you were you were saying all this i was thinking about you know learning cooking or learning a certain knife technique it's like you know you learn how to mince an onion but that in itself does not make you a, a good cook it doesn't necessarily make you a good you know human being you also need to learn how to brush your teeth in the morning and put on some type of clothes and 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 have some reasonable human skills and i think that that you know, just because it, 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 we're talking about writing code doesn't mean it's not like other 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 things in in the, in the so-called real world. You know, you you have to learn all the things that that's that 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 provide the context that are that are that you know don't seem directly related, but they are. And I think that, it, that like you have to have you have to have some minimum level of discipline that that if you're going to learn one little technique to solve this immediate problem. Even if you do it because you know you have to do it and 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 just get it out the door, it, it's if you're not willing to then take the time and kind of do it the right way, or at least you know do a little bit more searching or a little bit more clicking on the internet to to find some supplementary discussion about the topic, you shouldn't be bothering, because you know if you're able to to make a living now just by being a copy paste monkey, it, it, it that won't last that much longer. Yeah, I mean this. This stuff is is difficult in in any sort of industry. I mean, this is this is why you know we've moved away from this in the last ten years, maybe twenty years. Oh, it's a bit like another old man episode, isn't it? Um, mm. But um, 
you know, we as a well, I don't know about in the US, but I'm assuming this is the same. Definitely here in the UK and in Europe, we've moved away from this concept of apprenticeships. You know, mm. where, where you would take some kid who knew nothing, um, and you'd stick them with some some um, uh, guy or girl who 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 knew everything, and just say, you know, your next five years of your life is you are just working with this person, and you are going to suck them dry. You're going to learn by doing. They're going to watch you doing. You're going to do stuff together. Over the five years, that will change. We will check in and make sure that you know we have a tick list here. But basically, you're just going to learn from this person who knows what they're doing. Um, and we'll keep you in education as well so that you can learn the new stuff that they maybe don't know yet. You can learn how to adapt that in. And then basically when you take someone on in five years time, you know, they will be learning the stuff from you as well. And this whole concept of being an apprentice um, is in many ways gone out of the window. And now it's no, you do college, you learn a course, you read some books and you get on with the shit. And, and, mm. and I think, you know, um, does that work? You know, companies are still producing software. Companies are still producing products. Um, I, I'm, it's, you know, so I'm guessing it must still be working in a way. But you know, can uh, I guess the problem is you look at any business, and almost without doubt, sadly, labor is the most expensive part of that business. And so, you know, for for the owners of these businesses who are you know, either the stock market or, you know, the entrepreneur looking to make, you know, their, their next billion or whatever, this, this pride in, in sort of producing master craftsmen, you know, we are going to produce master craftsmen. We're going to make the best furniture. We're going to make, you know, the best X is now it's about, you know, how do I make this at the best price fastest? is <laughs> um, And that's in, in code as well. And there's nothing wrong with that in a way it's economics, but it does, I think, you know, it, it it does make us poorer as as a trade. You know, it's very uh, master craftsmen are not the norm anymore, um, and maybe never will be again. But um, so, I mean, you even take you know this stuff is really really hard to do. Um, you know, just take a look at books that you learn from. Um, it is almost not impossible, but it, it is very very difficult to find a book to teach you to program the iPhone or an Android phone or Windows or the Mac that doesn't make the assumption you can already program something else um, because nobody wants to take the time to to <laughs> teach somebody all the core techniques you need to be a programmer, uh, a developer. They just want to tell you how to do this bit on this device. Now, I know Tim Eisted wrote a book a long time ago, um, developer, developer, can't remember what it's called now, developing for the Mac, that did try and do that. Um, unfortunately, I don't think it ever got updated, so it's, it's probably a little out of date now. Um, you know, but because teaching somebody who knows nothing something is hard, but it is not the best time to teach them. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Well, I'd be curious to see what happens. Whatever, let's say five years, maybe ten years from now, after the generation that grew up playing with, you know, using Swift Playground see if their skills are different because i think that that is a, a bit of a breakthrough speaking of tim Eisted and company right i mean because they, they, there are core concepts that are the absolute same in every single language you know everybody has if statements or switch statements and loops and 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 name five other things that are the same in every programming language it has it and uh but they they do it within the context of something that's very easy to grasp. You know, I need to program some animal-looking thing to jump around on on a series of steps and, and grab something from the air. Um, 
you know, it's a good example. And it's also something that happens to be very kind of kid friendly because it's just very direct. So, you know, and, and while that exists, I'm also, you know, passed by and saw a headline and wired something saying, you know, the end of programming as we know it, you know, computers will be trained. We won't have to teach them. They'll just listen for what you want. So, I don't know. I, 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 I'm also firmly of the belief that uh, some number of years, not that many from now, will be waxing, you know, poetic about how it was possible to have an entrance to the middle class by writing code in the same way that people used to kind of talk about working at a GM factory and, and having enough money to send their kids to college. Um, I think that day will come. Yep. Um, I'm not sure it's as fast as is is that. I I remember I sat down. Um, uh, in fact, it was for my college interview. Uh, I was uh, in for a whole bunch of reasons I won't go into, but basically I had to do a whole bunch of entrance exams to get into college because I screwed up high school and all the rest of it. But anyway, that's a different story. Um, and so I went on a course that required an entrance exam and an interview and i was interviewed by a senior lecturer at the college i went to uh, and asked lots of questions which i didn't really understand at the time because i knew nothing about you know computer science or software development you know i was going on a wing and a prayer and thinking all oh, this might be quite interesting as opposed to you know like some kids who go on these courses today who you know been developing since they were four or whatever um and we you know one of the questions was about what is programming and you know what is the, the the career and the future in programming and you know this lecture was firmly of the belief we turned out in a discussion towards the end of the interview that, that programming was a dead skill that it oh. that it was going to you know it, but basically he didn't just you know phrase it that bluntly he said all the stuff like you've just said you know that programming is going away you know um yeah, we won't be writing code anymore you know we're going to go through a number of phases we're going to just start by you know using blocks of things that we just drag and drop now remember this is this was 1983 84 85 somewhere in that area i mean i think you know windows wasn't even going um, much at that time the mac hadn't been released or maybe it had been released but it was like a still um it's in that sort of era anyway and um you know so he was saying yeah we will drag and drop stuff into um into things we will put building blocks together we'll make this stuff happen and i guess in in some sort of way um you know that's true we we don't you know in, in those days you, know, you wrote every line of code yourself i mean the standard libraries were just things like sort routines there was nothing there you know when you started writing windows programming for windows programming windows programs you know windows one two windows three whatever you know you'd spend your first sort of a three or four days getting a window on the screen type of thing it was you know it, it, it so in a way, you know, he's been right that, you know, we do far new projects and, and, and the first month of work that we used to do is done. Um, yeah. However, you know, in the sort of programming classes on that, on that computer science course I did in the mid, mid 80s, you know, every technique I learned, I'm still using. You know, I'm still writing loops and I'm still, you know, uh, doing conditional statements. I, I'm still breaking my... Um, even though I may be now using acronyms like MVC and MVVM, I'm still breaking my code down into usable chunks and not having one program that starts at the top and runs to the bottom because, you know, OOP wasn't necessarily a big thing either. Um, you know, so I might be doing different structures, but I'm still learning to break code up. Every principle that I learned then, I'm still having to 
Um, I may not have to manage memory anymore, but equally I still have to be aware of memory and I can't just do random things because I will run out of memory. So every principle I learned in the 80s, I still have to use now 40 years later, 30 years later, 30 years later um, today. Uh, even though back then all the people teaching me this stuff genuinely believed that it had a short life left. Um, and I can't really see, um, you know, looking at Swift Playgrounds, uh, which I think is you know, a fantastic learning tool. And to be honest, I should probably go and look at what the course material in Swift Playgrounds is actually just to see how um, Apple and, and the team there have approached uh, teaching because that would be quite interesting. Um, so I, I will do that and whether we'll ever come back and discuss it, that's a different issue. But, you know, the point is, you know, this this stuff, we're talking about it going away, but we're actually just finding different ways to teach the same stuff and it's not gone away is the point I'm trying to make. So. Although I think it will eventually happen, I'm not convinced it's going to happen maybe quite as quick as we think it will. Well, I'll just append my thought about that. It's like, you're right. You know, the, 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 the techniques are the same. And, and you know, pick, pick, pick an undertaking, pick cooking, pick music, pick photography, pick illustration, any of those different things. The techniques are still fundamentally the same. The tools got better, so you get a lot further with, 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 with every step, right? So file new project gets you a month down the line. And since it gets everybody a month down the line, you better in your next couple of days do something that takes somebody else a month to, to get going. Otherwise, you're not going to be competitive. So, yeah. Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. Anyway, I think we've probably um, taken that, what was going to be um, an introductory topic to the show and, and stretched it for the whole show. So <laughs> I think that's um, been called a, uh, taking a grain and planting a field. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, but I've 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 enjoyed talking about this old codger stuff with you, John. So, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully, we still have a an audience out there who who found at least something in that half interesting. Well, let's put let's, let's put it this way: we both at least have an audience of one. Oh, sorry, was I supposed to be listening to you? Um, <laughs> oh my God, Scotty, it hurts the abuse. Oh, John, John, just so that we can make sure you get a, a bigger audience and, and, and a better friend than me. Tell people where they can find you. <laughs> yes, yes. Applications for new friendships are accepted on Twitter as Jembe. That's D-J-E-M-B-E, like the West African drum. And if you wish to insult Scotty, he's available on Twitter as MacDevNet. I certainly am. And you can find the show notes for this show at uh, ideveloper.co. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. And until next time, you take care. We'll be right back.